In the book of Romans, uh, chapter 3, it says this. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For all have sinned, we all fall short of the glory of God. Yet God freely gave graciously, declaring that we are right. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are, made right with, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and he didn't punish those who had sinned in times past because he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness because he is fair and just. He declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. It occurred to me as I was considering today that there are, uh, there are people in the earth that they are not sure that they are in need of a savior. But the scripture that I read to you says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter how good we are. It doesn't matter how, uh, much, uh, how, how many right things we do. It's, it's not about that. The word says that it's, not, it's by grace uh, through faith. It's not of works so that we have no place to boast. We have no room to boast in our own righteousness. The scripture tells us there are people that are going to stand before God, the judgment, uh, and they're going to say to him, but wait, look what I did in, even in your name. Look at the good things that I did. There are going to be people who said, I built a business, and, and the entire focus of that business was to produce funds that would go into third world countries and drill wells in villages that didn't have wells. I did good things. I built a company that, that, uh, ha- that, that if, if everyone, whoever would buy a pair of shoes, I would give a pair of shoes away free to someone who did not have shoes. But the answer to that is, but did you receive... Jesus, did you understand that he gave his life? I cannot allow you salvation based on your good works, no matter how good they are. You come because Jesus is righteous. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And those individuals will say, but why the cross? Why the blood? Why the, why, why? the, the images that we just saw, they, they seem so, uh, so dramatic and, and, and really so barbaric. But in Hebrews, he reminded us that according to the law, almost all things are purified by blood. And the word says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. That's why Jesus was willing to go. 
And while that, those images that we just saw, that song that we just heard, imagined uh, what might have been going through the heart of and certainly what was going through the heart of the father at the time, in reality, the scripture says he went as a lamb to the slaughter and he spoke not a word. He didn't say anything on that cross except, I thirst. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he said, it is finished. It is finished. My work here is done. Gospel message is to those who don't believe they need a Savior, who think that they are good enough or that they have everything that they need. The, the message of the gospel is to those individuals who, when Jesus is saying, I love you, but there's only one way. There's only one way. There's not two or three ways. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, expresses the heart of the Father as it relates to Jesus. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 refers to uh, the writings of Isaiah. It says, At just the right time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. And then the apostle said, I urge you, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. He said what Isaiah was talking about all those years ago, that this is that day. So if you happen to be sitting here and, and it never occurred to you that you needed a Savior, the gospel message to you is that all of us need a Savior. It doesn't have anything to do with how bad we've been or how good we've been or anything in between. If you're here and you've been really, really bad, you can acknowledge that you need a Savior. But, but many times it's not about bad or good. It's just the simple fact that the Word says the only way to God is through Jesus. The only door to salvation is the cross. He made a way when there seemed to be no way. And then it occurred to me that there are some people in our culture who just simply choose to disregard this. This thing they call Christianity or this thing they call this. It seems like it's just religion or it seems like it's unimportant to them. They just choose to disregard it. And I'm not going to read the full passage, but one of these days you should get your Bible and you should look in Romans chapter 1 and you should read from about verse 18 all the way through verse 32. But I want to tell you a couple of things that it says in there. It It teaches us in there that we were born with the understanding, with the faith, a childlike faith, knowing that God is. The scripture teaches us that everyone who came into the earth at some point in their life had the understanding that he is God. The scripture says in that passage that it is the the invisible things of God are made clear. That to every one of us, 
Even to those who live in some village so far away, they've never heard the name of Jesus and they're off in the middle of nowhere. But the scripture tells us that God made himself clear to them in his creation. That he wrote himself into life experience so that we all come face to face with the fact that God is. So it says in, in, in verse 20 of that passage that the in, invisible things of him are clearly seen so that we are without excuse. And then it says, they knew God, but did not glorify God. They knew him, but chose not to know him. There are some people who are, are not do not understand that they need a Savior at this point in their life, but there are others who know that they need a Savior and who know that God is, but simply choose to disregard Him. I'll take care of that another day. Or that's, that's fine for you, that's just not for me. Uh, me and God, we have, have you heard this? Me and God, we have our own thing going. He knows me. He loves me. No, you and God only have one thing going. He gave you his word, and the only way to him is through what he said is the way to him, and there is no other way. So he doesn't have special consideration for you. He considered you when Jesus went to the cross. That's when he considered you. So, in, in Romans chapter 1, and verse 28, it says, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Those are powerful words. We sit in a, we sit in a culture where there are many people who, are, who consider themselves to be atheists or to be agnostic, or, uh, and, and they want to tell you that they don't even believe that God is, but there's not a single atheist in the world that did not at one time fully understand decided not to retain the knowledge of God in their own heart. That's what the word says. So they decided. So there are those who have not yet become aware that they need him. There are those who choose to disregard him, the word says. And then there are those who know that they need a Savior, but they don't feel good enough to be received by the Savior. They feel like there are some things that they need to take care of first. Some of you have met those people. Well, I, I'd, I'd go and I would, uh, I would follow Jesus and I would become a part of the... I'd love to go to church with you and I'd love to, to be in that environment and, and, and a family and, and strength and support and, and all that being a part of the kingdom of God provides. But there's some things about me that God just cannot receive. Uh, that, that the Lord, uh, there's some things about me that, that I just have to get straightened out first. I've got to get this drug issue cleaned up. I've got to get this alcohol issue cleaned up. I've got to get this, this thing about me cleaned up. Do you know how many times I've failed? The first scripture I read to you told us that we've all failed at least once. And once was enough. I want to read some scripture to you. Jesus said, 
that you cannot clean yourself up. You can't make yourself good enough to come into the presence of God on your own. You need Jesus to do that. Jesus said in John 15 and 5, Without me, you can do nothing. It is impossible for me to prepare myself to be in the presence of God without Jesus. Without the blood of the Lamb. Without the blood that was shed on the cross. Without receiving Jesus by faith, as, the word has said this mor- as we've read in the Word this morning. But I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said when he was talking to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. He said, God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when we were in our sin, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding richness of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of your own efforts, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. I needed God to work on me so I could get to him. I am his workmanship. He's been building in my life. He's been knocking the rough edges off. He's still knocking on me a little bit. My wife's going, yes. Knock him again, Jesus. One more time. None of us, by our own abilities, can come into the presence of God. It is by His grace. The Apostle Paul explained this to, to Timothy in, in a more personal way. He said in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, he said, How generous and gracious the Lord was. He's talking about himself now. He said, he filled me with the faith and the love that came from Christ Jesus. He said, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the apostle says, and I was one of the worst. The Apostle Paul was talking about and referring back to his life without Christ when he was leading the charge to kill Christians. If he were alive today, he would have been in ISIS before he came to Jesus. And he's saying, that's the guy that I was. And he loved me so much that he poured his love out on me. What an example. So if you're that guy here this morning and you're thinking, I'd love to come to Jesus, but there's some things I've got to take care of first. I just want to challenge you that the only thing you need to take care of is saying to Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ. I believe that you're the Son of the living God. I believe that you shed your blood for me. I believe that you are Lord. Come and be Lord of my life. It's all that's necessary. 
So the apostle said, I was one of the worst, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a great example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. This way that when others hear, they will realize that they also can believe in Jesus and receive eternal life. So if you're in this room this morning and you're one of those individuals who don't think that you need a Savior, you haven't become aware of the fact that you need to have a relationship with Jesus and that that impacts eternity for you. Or if you're one of those individuals who have gone through life and, and you've, uh, you, can, you can look back over life and you can remember those moments when God was making Himself aware, to, uh, aware of you. Or, or making, him, making you aware of Him, pardon me. You can look back over your life and you can remember those moments. Maybe some of them were in childhood. Maybe some of them were in young adulthood. Maybe some of them were very recently that God was just showing Himself to you and making you aware that He is there and that He wants to be a part of your life. Maybe you're one of those individuals. And you chose to not take the time to deal with that. Or you've chosen to say, well, that, that's good for those religious folks, but that's not good for me. See, we're not in a religion, we're in a relationship with Jesus. It's very different. A lot of people are religious. This is a relationship. Or if you're that individual who just thinks that there's so many things that you need to take care of and that that somehow the Lord wouldn't receive you like you are. The only way He can receive you is like you are. You have to give up trying to straighten it all out yourself and come to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit help you. And then, then He'll talk to you about some of those things when it's time. Scripture in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who will, come and drink of the water of life freely. The invitation is simply to come. And it always amazes me in that particular passage of Scripture in Revelation when when he says, whoever will, come. And it always troubles me that there are people that will not. It always puzzles me that how, how that some people can hear the message of the gospel and resist that. They choose. The scripture says it. It's very clear. But I challenge you that today can be the day, Easter Sunday, 2015, can be your spiritual birthday when you can declare, I am his and he is mine. I can receive Jesus today. I just want to challenge you that today is the day of salvation. The Word tells us we don't have promise of tomorrow. We can go and we can see the cemetery is full of people of all ages. Death from this life is no respecter of age. But you have an opportunity today. And I'm going to tell you two things. I'm going to be very bold about it. You can look back on today and it can be the most amazing day of your life or one day you will stand before God and you will look back on today and you will remember my words. I challenge you to know Jesus. 
I challenge you to receive him. I challenge you. You can say to him, I don't know all about this. I don't understand this. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Once I receive Jesus, we'll help you with all of that. I don't know how to walk with God, or, or I don't know how this is supposed to change me, or, or whatever. You can, all of those, none of that matters. The challenge is that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, there is judgment. And I challenge you today that Jesus is waiting with open arms and he desires to be in a relationship with you. It's all about his love. It's not about that judgment. That's your decision, not his. It's about him loving you, wanting you to be welcomed into his presence. Stand together this morning. We're going to pray. And the prayer teams are coming right now and they will be here to receive you, to assist you as you share with them that you made a decision today to receive Jesus. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that this word that we have received today, this message of the gospel, we've received it in song through worship. We've received it through demonstrations, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, of uh, artistic expression. Lord, uh, we've received it uh, through now the teaching of the word. Every one of us will stand in your presence one day. And we'll look you in the face and we'll be responsible for one decision and one decision only. You had an opportunity to receive Jesus. Did you receive him? Father, I pray that the individuals that are in this room that, that uh, are in love with you and zealous toward you as, as we are, Lord, that uh, today has been a blessing in their life as they've been in this room and celebrated your resurrection and celebrated the great news of the gospel. Lord, there are some in this room whose hearts are far from you and, and uh, they, they don't uh, often come into your presence, but they know that they need to. I ask that today would be a life-changing moment and day for them. And then those, Lord, that are here that didn't know they needed you, chose to disregard you or that felt that they were too unworthy to come would you move in their hearts right now Holy Spirit draw them to you let them understand that they're welcome in your presence and they're welcome in the family of God we don't care about their past we care about their future we care about their eternity for that we give you praise in the name of Jesus as you're standing here this morning, this is what we're going to do. There's prayer teams over here and over here on, on either side of me. And if, if enough people come that we need additional prayer teams, those that are part of our prayer teams will be watching and, and, and come and assist. If you're here this morning and you need to receive Jesus, you need to say yes to Jesus, I want you to come up to these prayer teams and I just want you to boldly say, I'm that guy. I'm the one he was talking about. You don't have to tell them your life story. You don't even have to confess anything to them. You're, you're only saying to Jesus, I need you. Your past is your past. From this day forward, you can walk with Jesus. Amen?